Happy birthday, Mike Conley. It is Round Ball Roundup, Episode 3 on utahjazz.com, a podcast updating you on the news and notes concerning the Utah Jazz. J.P. Chunga here on utahjazz.com. As later on in the podcast, you'll be able to hear the 32-year-old Mike Conley and a couple of former teammates that he had on other stops along the way as Jeff Green and Ed Davis also joined the podcast. We spoke to those guys at Media Day, and you'll be able to hear a little bit what we have from them. But here, episode three, you can find us on iTunes, on Google Play, on Stitcher, on Spotify. Make sure to help other people find the podcast by leaving a review five stars help us out tremendously and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast application but jazz lose to the milwaukee bucks 133 to 99 on wednesday woof jazz we're not impressive in this one and ultimately mike conley boyan bogdanovich the two guys that were brought onto this team 0 for 14 combined not a good showing for them in that in that game and donovan mitchell though able to provide something for being the guy that might be counted on this year. It looked like he's ready to take that next step. He's in peak physical condition, having to go through USA Basketball with the World Cup. Bogey and Conley going 0-14, it's a preseason game. Because, also consider this, Rudy Gobert was not on the floor. The Jazz's best defensive player was not able to affect anything that Milwaukee could get towards the bucket. And you know Giannis Antetokounmpo was going to exploit that. And he did. 20-plus points against the Jazz in this one. And that windmill dunk that was the highlight of the entire matchup, it reminded me a little bit of a first single off of an entire album. Might not be my favorite single. Might not be a song that slaps or bangs or is a banger. But it's still a single. And it was our first opportunity to see Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley on the floor at the same time for this team and see Quinn Snyder orchestrating the entire system. They will need, clearly, more time to get invested into it. But I think that there were good signs to point to that most of the shots that Boyan and Mike Conley got off were fine shots. Nothing looked entirely forced. If their shots aren't falling down, the law of statistical probability says that the next game they won't combine 0-14. So going forward, I'm sure that will get sorted out. Another game this weekend, as the Jazz will be taking on the Pelicans tonight, brings us to the Zion Show down in New Orleans. And on top of all the other things with that, Derek Favors. First opportunity to see Derek Favors against his former club after he goes eight full seasons with Jazz. And he caught up with Kristen Kenny to discuss and recap that time in Utah. It's different. Obviously, the city's different. The um, the environment's different a little bit. But, um, I mean, it's just two different cities, pretty much. I mean, I still love Utah. And I still uh, miss being out there. But, you know, sometimes you got to move on and um, try new things. But, um I mean, life's been good so far. I haven't experienced everything yet because the season getting ready to start, but um, everything's been good. Everything's been great so far. There's so many different faces. Who- yeah, new, new, new people, new faces, new media people, new coaches, new players, new training staff. Everything's just brand new right now, so I'm still getting used to it. What about uh, player-wise? Anyone that, that you miss or coach-wise? I mean, I miss everybody. I've been around them so much. Um, I definitely miss Joe. Definitely miss Joe. Uh, I miss all the guys, Rudy, Donovan, uh, George, Royce. 
all those guys. I miss all those guys. I'm just used to them, yeah. you know, throughout the years. But um, you know, it's just time to move on now. So. Why, why Joe? Just his sense of humor. I've been That's with Joe that. for five years. Yeah, I was with Joe for five years, man. So you know, we, me and him built a great relationship. Me and Rudy built a good relationship. So you know, it's, it's hard, like when you go away from that to something new. But you know, those are like relationships that you build and um, that last a lifetime. Okay, so how weird is it going to be tonight? You're going to be going potentially if Rudy plays, you know, right. against Rudy? Like, that's so weird. Yeah, it'll be weird. I'm used to going against him in practice, but, um, yeah. no, it'll be it'll be fun. You know, I'm pretty sure he'll be out there talking trash, him and Joe, be out there talking trash. Um, no, it'll be fun. I'm excited about it. What's your fondest memory of the time you spent in Utah? Hmm, I got a lot of them. I know. Um, so many of them. Um, wow. <laughs> I mean, just basically just, just growing up there and just, just watching the organization and the, and the team just grow from you know, when Quinn got there to where they're at now. Um, watching the, the training staff um, grow, watching the, the coaching staff change, the organization, new media people coming in. Like, I've seen everything. So, yeah. I mean, just I, I saw everything. So, I got a lot of memories, not just one, just, just a lot of good memories. Do you have any idea what you can expect your first time back? In Utah? Oh, no, I don't, I don't know what to expect. No, I'm pretty sure they'll, they'll cheer for me, give me a nice little ovation. Uh, but, I mean, I, I don't know what to really expect. I think the arena's going to look like they're going to go crazy. You think so? Yeah, you're <laughs> in there. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I mean, we'll see, we'll see. No, but I expect, like, a, a good ovation. I mean, I hope I don't, like, get emotional with it because I've been there so long, I've built a relationship with everybody. So I hope I don't get emotional, but, no, I'm, I'm excited to, to come back. Yeah, what would your message be to jazz fans? I just say appreciate all the support. You know, I, I enjoyed my time there. Uh, I think they're one of the best fans in the NBA. Obviously, they are. They come out every game, whether we winning, losing, good season, bad season. They always show their support, um, even throughout the city. So, you know, I just want to say thank you for that. And like I said, they're probably one of the best fans, fan base in the NBA. Does Derek Favors have a standout moment? Is there a play that you point to where you think, oh, that is the quintessential Derek Favors play? I think of a put-back dunk, any put-back dunk that he has in any game for the Utah Jazz is his quintessential play because he had great moments with the Jazz. Ones that you could point to that were in high-pressure situations, including a closeout game in the 2017 playoffs against the Clippers. In L.A., he has 17 points and 11 boards against... Oklahoma City the next year in game two after being down 0-1. He delivers a 20-16 performance. Derek Favors was a loyal guy during that eight full seasons that he played under Quinn Snyder and for this Jazz organization because he was the backbone, the metal, the guy who enjoyed comic books for being such a big guy, a 6'10 power forward, a throwback in his game. He had a type of working man's mentality that made him a fan favorite, that made him one of those players that you knew you could rely on day in, day out to go out and give you what you needed when it came to rebounds, when it came to playing defense, when it came to spelling Rudy Gobert. That's going to be the concern for this team going into this year is without Rudy Gobert, who are you going to be able to depend on? Because it's a little bit of a rush job to ask Ed Davis to provide everything that Derek Favors could. Derek Favors was a very good big and is a very good big in this league. And asking a guy like Ed Davis, who realizes he is a role player, to provide something of one of the top 10, 15 
bigs in the entire league in Derek Favors could provide, that's a huge ask. And it's going to be incumbent on the Jazz finding out what they can do with the more shooting that they have gotten because they have prioritized that. When you get Boyan Bogdanovich, when you get Jeff Green, you're going to get more athleticism, more playmaking, more shooting, which should help out your team. That interview with KK, you can make sure to check it out on the broadcast tonight. Jazz against Pelicans, Zion Williamson and Derek Favors on the other side against this team on AT&T Sportsnet. Speaking of Ed Davis, Jeff Green, we caught up with them. Aaron Falk of UtahJazz.com and myself, we caught up with the guys at Media Day. And let's lead it off, though, with the birthday boy, Mike Conley. He shares his transition into Utah, and you'll be able to hear from Jeff Green next, talking his obsession with Food Network and Chopped, and follow that up with Ed Davis, the role player who will be joining the Jazz and be one of those guys to provide Derek Favors-esque minutes. Before those interviews, once again, make sure to like, subscribe, rate favorably on your favorite podcast app, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, doesn't matter where. Give us a nice review. You'll be able to help other people access the podcast. That does it for us here. Enjoy Mike Conley, Jeff Green, and Ed Davis. The last week or so, how's it been for you kind of getting adjusted and going through these OTAs? Uh, the last few weeks have been great, man. Uh, I'm glad I came back when I did, just because I had to get used to the environment. Uh, you know, it's harder to, to breathe up here. It's harder to, you know, when just when you exercise, it, it hurts a little bit more than anywhere else I've been. So um, it's been good to be around the guys, uh, getting to know a lot of the guys, the coaches, and uh, really getting to spend time with them both on and off the court has been fun. So Everyone talks about your leadership. Is that something you can come in and, and provide right away, or do you kind of slowly build up that rapport How, what's your approach um you know I'm a guy I'm I just kind of gel in where I where I can you know I'm not going to be just overly dominant with my personality and try to overwhelm overwhelm a room or anything um but as as you know the weeks go on um I'll continue to get more comfortable with guys understanding guys and um and understanding when you know I can speak up and, and when to you know let let the the you know younger guys handle it and let our coaches handle it and stuff like that. So I'm just, you know, kind of going with the motion and um, trying to, you know, learn everything as I can. How do guys like Ed Davis or people you've been around before make that adjustment easier on a new team? Yeah, having familiar faces uh, in a new place is always great. You know, for me, being in the same spot for 12 seasons and and to move somewhere else uh, completely different, it, it can be hard in itself. But to have guys who've been on different teams, but also played with you at some some, uh, some point in their careers is, is is huge. We have such a good relationship, both on and off the court. That um, you know, it's easy to come into a locker room and you see their face and you start laughing about something in 2012. You know, and, and just you know having those memories um, is really cool. Yeah, everyone, ta- I mean, everyone talks <laughs> about how great of a teammate you are, but also how great a teammate Ed is. What can you? What kind of stories? What can you tell us about him as, as a person? Man, Ed. Uh, as the man, and, you know, I remember when he was playing. I think it was in Toronto um, before he even got to, to the Grizzlies, man. And he, he, I guess he blocked one of my shots and started talking trash. And ever since then, I was like, oh, this guy, you know, he doesn't seem like he's that type of person. But he's, I mean, he's a physically just bruising guy and tries to inflict pain on everybody. And and ever since then, every free throw he's taken, whether he's on my team or not, I've messed with him at the line. I'm like, oh, that's gonna be short. Oh, that's gonna be long. You know, just 
making fun of each other, and, uh, and he's always laughing, smiling, making you laugh. So, I mean, he's a, he's a great teammate. And how about Jeff? How's, how's he to play with? Jeff's, Jeff's great, man. We came in the league together, I mean, literally like one pick apart in the first round. and um, Known him a long time. He's genuinely just, uh, he, he goes with the flow. Uh, he, he doesn't ruffle any feathers. He doesn't try to do too much, man. He just does what he does, and, and he's an elite athlete and great dude, and just excited to be around him again. What kind of role do you have in, in getting those guys here, you know, in, in the offseason as they're making their decisions? Um, man, really, I think it was, it's, it was easier for them to see who was already here in, in place. You know, the players, you, know, you got Joe, Don, Rudy, you know, Royce, all these guys, Dante that um, have been here. And you look at the, you know, the coaches and, and Coach, Coach Quinn, and I mean, I, I think it was, a bit, it was easier for them already. Like, Utah's a great place. This would be a good fit. And then you threw me in there, and I was, you know, just kind of like was the cherry on top. I was like, hey, you know, if you guys want to play with me again, man, you know, you got opportunity. Um, we can have some fun. We can, we can really do something special. So um, I think that helped a little bit at the end. Take me into that first meeting with Donovan. Um, first time getting, to, getting together with Don was, uh, it was great. I mean, it was, it was something that um, was needed, I think, just just to see his passion for you know his goal his mindset for um, not just him but for the team you, know, you can tell he's he's becoming I think a, a great leader in himself and you know getting us together being able to work out being able to spend some time together um, in a time in the summer where it's normally dead you know nobody's really doing anything and you know it just it just sent a message I thought a uh, positive message to me that you know, this guy's for real, and, and he wants to win, so I was excited about it. What is, a, I guess, people talk about him taking a, another step. Like, what would that even look like, do you, do you think? What's next in his... Um, you know, for, for guys like him, it's, it's really, I think, more about just being an efficient star. You know, at his, at his caliber, he's already, you know, a star on his own. But I think when those guys take another jump is, is you know, they shoot really high percentages from all over the court. They lead their teams to winning no matter what. And when you do that on winning teams and in positive environments, you know, whether you average more points or not, you, you, you take that jump. All right. We, we better let him in. Thanks, right. Mike. We appreciate Thank it. You. Thank you. Very important thing. You mentioned you're, you're a Food Network guy. Yes. Like how long ago did this start? And like, yeah, just tell, tell us about this. How long did it start? Yeah. Well, it's been going on now for over five years. Um, it just got to a point where I didn't feel like it was anything worth, uh, outside of Food Network, worth watching, uh, outside of sports. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of the TV shows have been, like, redone too many times in the same way in the Food Network. You know, just something that caught on for me because I love food and, you know, I, I want to learn how to cook. Um, so it just started with, um, with Chopped and then... They went to guys' grocery games, then the Triple D. Um, then you got the, you know, now the Hollywood, um, Halloween Wars uh, with the, you know, cakes and everything now. So it's it's a, uh, it's been my channel, my go-to channel, me and my wife. What's like? What's so soothing about watching? I mean, I'm I'm with you. Like, why is yeah. it so nice to watch this stuff when you can't taste it, you can't smell it, you're still, but you're still like compelled to watch? It? I don't know. I really don't know. I think it's just, um, you know, it's something that everybody can relate to. Uh, you know, it's food. And, you know, for me, it's, you know, learning the different foods around the world, um, especially, you know, with us, we travel so much throughout different cities. 
um, you know, trying to figure out a place to go to. Sometimes, uh, you know, Triple D, they go to some of the places in the cities we go to. And, you know, my sister is a big part of it, too. She watches it whenever she comes to visit me in Miami, uh, where I live in the off-season. She goes to these places. Uh, when she comes here uh, this season, she's going to a restaurant in Park City. So, uh, you know, it's... Um, you know, just I guess it runs through our family. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite show on the Food Network, or are you just you just watching them all? Uh, it's probably uh, Triple D. Um, like I said, you know, having the opportunity to see all these restaurants uh, throughout the nation, um, you know, and to one day hopefully go to them. I think that's the the goal. And I have a list in my phone. Uh, so, you know, I just got to remember whenever I go to the city. <laughs> so what's, uh, I know, probably too hard to pick maybe a, an all-time favorite, but, like, let's go through a couple of, like, are there favorite meals in your mind or favorite restaurants you've been to that stand out? Uh, it's a re the one restaurant I can think of that I went to recently was this summer. It's a, it's a restaurant in Miami. It's a small restaurant, Jamaican kitchen. I love Jamaican food, uh, the spices of it. And it's called Jamaican Kitchen. It's about... When I saw it, I was like, oh, it's probably far. But it was like 10 minutes from my house. And I've been there quite a bit. It was my sister who put me on. She was the one who came to my house. And she was like, we got to go to this place. And we went, and it was amazing. I want to, like, I, wa I watch this stuff, too. Do you have, like, are you, like, screaming at the TV when you're watching Chopped? Like, don't do not do this. Why are you trying Chopped? to go to the ice cream machine right now? No, I don't because I don't know how to cook. It's, you know, it's, you know I don't, I don't want to tell somebody who knows how to cook, you know, for a living. Um, who's a you know a chef to not do something and I you know I don't know how to you know do anything so you know I just you know wish him the best <laughs> and, uh, you know and cheer for him. How's uh, you been here a little bit? Like how's Chef Anthony? How's how's the food and the jazz practice? It's been you? amazing. Actually, it's been really really good. Uh, really healthy. Um, you know, a lot of different variety each day, and you know that's something I look for. What is, does he, has he gone to you and like asked for things you like? I mean, what are you, what do you put in for special requests? At this we point? haven't had time to really sit down and go over, you know, the meals I like. Uh, I'm more of a team player. Okay. You know, I eat whatever or I try it. <clears throat> um, but it's, you know, so far so good and hopefully, you know, it continues to get better. Has that changed over the course of, of your career? I mean, have you seen teams like put more emphasis on, you know, quality of, of their team? Yes, that, that of course, of, of course. I think it's been... Uh, the go-to for the last, you know, four or five years. Uh, teams trying to find ways to help their players eat healthier, but also, um, you know, having good food. Um, not necessarily just turning a whole corner and getting everything organic, everything healthy. Is you know, making sure it's the right and proper food uh, for the players, but also good for them. Being new to a team, having Mike Conley as a familiar face, how does that help in that adjustment? Uh, it's been good. It's been good. Uh, Mike and I, you know, we go back since we first got drafted. We played against each other in college uh, in the Final Four. And, you know, that's been my guy uh, ever since. Uh, we've been friends and keeping in contact through the last 13, 13 years of our career. And, you know, it feels good to be on the team with him again, knowing the, the person he is on and off the court. Um, it's a familiar face, uh, one I'm comfortable with uh, being on the court with. And, you know, we've grown into men uh, over the course of our career, uh, now having families, um, you know, kids, you know, around the same age, you know, and it's been great. So, you know, it's great to, you know, be on a good team, uh, you know, with a familiar face. 
Awesome. Well, that's our time. Thanks, Jeff. We no appreciate problem. it, man. Thank you. How are things so far, like, with, you know, just kind of meeting new teammates and, and getting adjusted to all these new guys so far for you? Uh, I mean, for me, it's easy. You know, I got a, a laid-back personality, so, like, you know, um, meeting new people and, you know, dealing with new teammates, different personalities, you know, that's that's always been an easy thing for me, especially, you know, I've been around to a bunch of different teams and a bunch of different environments, so, you know, it's an easy transition. Where does that come from? Um, I say maybe maybe my personality, you know, um, I always pride myself on, you know, no matter the situation or their environment, you know, I can adapt. So, you know, no matter who it is or what background you come from or anything, you know, I, I fit in. So, you know, I pride myself on that. Are there common qualities of, of the best teams you've been on in terms of that locker room or is, there, is it just strictly talent on the floor? Uh, I mean... Obviously, at this level, you definitely have to have the talent. But, um, you know, when everybody is on the same page and, you know, um, you take away, you know, all the, you know, individual, you know, goals you want to meet and, you know, just put it, you know, team first, you know, that's when, you know, um, the successful teams, you know, you know, come to the top. You know, when you definitely, like I said, you know, put all your um, individual goals and stuff behind and put that, you know, have that team first mentality, you know, that's when you become real successful. How do you personally help establish that sort of culture? Um, I think just my personality alone, you know, I'm um, always team first, always trying to, you know, help the next guy and, you know, it's, it's never about me and, you know, um, that helps, you know, for a couple guys and, but it honestly, it really starts at the top, you know, when, you're, when your best players are, you know, very unselfish and, you know, putting team first, you know, that's when it, it really, it really helps. Is that uh, you look at, at Mike as a guy like that? Yeah, Mike, Donovan, Rudy, you know, those three guys because, you know, those are going to be, you know, the guys that, you know, they're going to get all the, um, get, you know, the, the pub, you know, good and bad. You know, when we win, you know, they'll get the credit. When we lose, you know, they're going to take, you know, um, the criticism. So, you know, when they're even kill and easy to get along with, you know, it helps everyone. Everybody seems to have a good story about you. Right. Where does that, you being a good teammate, is that from those humble beginnings where you grow up and you're, you're working construction, lawn care? Yep. Does that come from that? Um, yeah, I would say so. You know, um, my dad, he, you know, obviously, you know, he played in the NBA. So, um, you know, he could have, I guess, you know, spoiled me at a young age and, you know, gave me everything I wanted. But, you know, he did the opposite. You know, he made me work for everything. You know, I had one pair of shoes growing up, so, you know, I never take anything for granted. You know, even though I came, you know, my dad did, you know, was successful, played in the NBA for 10 years. But, you know, um, you know, I grew up like, you know, a regular kid. You know, I went through struggles that, you know, um, I guess I say the regular nine to five person goes through, you know, even though my dad was in the NBA, you know, so I can relate to, a, you know, a lot of different people, you know. Quinn was saying, like, you know, OTAs, vets can, you know, maybe take days off, but I've heard you were someone that really wanted to get in there and, and put in time even in, in OTAs. Like, how important is that to, to getting this thing going? Right. I mean, one, from a personal standpoint, you know, I'm trying to get my body right. I'm trying to, you know, dealing with, you know, the altitude out here. You know, I'm trying to get that, you know, under my belt. But, um, you know, I'm trying to set a good example, you know, from the young guys who, you know, just coming into the lead or a couple years in and, you know, um, what it takes to, you know, have a, you know, a, a long career and, you know, just all the little things, you know, because it's, it's easy for, 
you know, a rookie to come in and, you know, sit next to Donovan and, and hear stories from him. And, but that's not really realistic, you know, for a lot of guys. So I feel like, you know, more guys can, re can relate to me because um, it's more role players and stars in this league. And, you know, I can, um, you know, I've been a starter before. You know, I came off the bench. You know, I've been traded, didn't play. So, you know, I just try to, you know, set example and, you know, give guys, you know, that advice that, you know, maybe somebody like Mike can't give him because, you know, he never came off the bench. So he doesn't, you know, he can't relate to a guy that's not playing. So, you know, just give him, you know, that real, you know, experiences, you know, that I've been through. You think that could knock some guys out of the league if they don't if they fail to you know go from star of their high school star of their college to you know embracing being a role player yeah for sure you know it happens every year you know i see guys you know come in the league all the time and you know um think that they should be playing you know this amount of minutes or have this role and you know sometimes you know your role is already determined you just have to you know make the best of it and try to make it better instead of you know complaining and you know, come in, you know, work pouting every day and things like that. So for sure, I see it happen all the time. How good do you think this team can be this year? And, and how do you go about dealing with expectations? Right. Um, I mean, our goal is, is to win the championship, you know, so. But it starts, you know, it starts tomorrow. You know, um, it's an everyday grind. You know, you can't, you know, be focused on, you know, April and May and October. You know, we have the first practice, first preseason game. Just take it one day at a time. Because like I said, you know, you can't can't win a playoff series in November. So, you know, just buy into the system and, you know, ride it out. What's your best Mike Conley Memphis story? Um, best Mike Conley Memphis story? I'll probably say, you know, he's just, a, he's just a talented dude, man. He's just good at everything. You know, he can golf, he can bowl, he's good at video games. He's that guy. He's ambidextrous, you know, he's just a it's a lucky little dude, man. I wish I had some of his <laughs> talents, man. I need, I need to steal some of that power from him he got, man. He, and he was pretty pivotal in, in getting you here, I, I imagine. Yeah, for sure. We, we definitely talk, you know, with these new, new tempering rules that Adam Silver put in, in effect. You know, I'm going to keep it quiet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks, Ed. We appreciate it, man. Right, Welcome. Sure time, man. <laughs>